you. How you doing today, folks? Get a pen and paper handy uh, because we you're going to want to take notes on this. Jack Canfield is on the line. Jack, are you there? I'm here, Rick. Good morning. Famous co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul series. I believe the most successful publishing uh, accomplishment in history next to the Bible, right? Well, that's what Time Magazine said, so we'll, we'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know your partner was belly up bankrupt 29 years ago or whatever it was. Do you have hard times before you were successful too, Jack? Oh, yeah. Before Chicken Soup for the Soul came out, I was $140,000 in debt, and I was only making about 100000 a year, so I was... Uh, you know, a year and a half behind. What, what, what were you and doing? I was, well, I was I was doing training, and I was teaching teachers how to teach self-esteem in the schools. And if you go back 20 years earlier, I was living in Chicago, and uh, I was eating 21-cent dinners the last five days of the month because I couldn't afford anything other than that. I was had uh, tomato paste, garlic salt, salt and pepper, water, and that was poured over spaghetti noodles, and that was uh, 21 cents. And then I met this multimillionaire named W. Clement Stone, who was, um, you know, worth $600 million dollars. And he took me under his wing and started teaching me these principles of success that I still use today in my life and teach to others. Now, I want to just say this blatantly and candidly. Got a copy of your book, Jack Canfield, The Success Principles. Claudia liked it so much, she's got her own copy. She's going out to get a copy for our nephew to mail up to Nashville. This book is terrific. Well, I don't know what makes it stand. I don't know if it's the way they put it together. I don't know if it's the, uh, it's just, it's chock full. It's like, it's a lot of pages. It's like 600 and 670 pages. Uh, why did you publish this under HarperCollins different than your other Chicken Soup for the Soul series? Well, basically I wanted a, a publisher that would take on something new and just have one book they were focusing on with uh, Health Communications, which is our Chicken Soup for the Soul publisher. We're doing eight books a year. And so I wanted a publisher that would focus for a whole year on this one book while we still continue to do the Chicken Soup for the Soul books as well. So that was the main reason. Now, uh, neat stuff in here that I've already highlighted. Ernest Hemingway rewrote A fail, Farewell to Arms, you say in your book, 39 times this dedication to excellence would later lead him to win the Pulitzer and Nobel Prizes for Literature. Wow. Yeah, basically there's a chapter in the book called You've Got to Be Willing to Pay the Price. And uh, what most people don't realize is that excellence requires a lot of work. Uh, Michael Crichton's last book, he rewrote it seven times. Wow. And uh, this book, I rewrote this three or four times. I got 20 people to give me feedback and continually improved it and improved it and improved it. My favorite story about being willing to pay the price is uh, Bill Bradley, who's a senator from uh, New Jersey. He used to be a basketball player in high school, and then he went to Princeton and later the New York Knicks as a professional player and after everyone else would go in from practice he would stand out there and on five different spots on the floor he would have to shoot fifteen shots in a row if he got to twelve and missed one he'd start over at one sometimes he'd be out there for three and four hours after everyone else had gone in just practicing but as a result of that he went on to become you know, one of the highest scoring players in basketball history he's in the basketball hall of fame went on to become a united states senator one, Bear Bryant once said, you know, most people are willing to win. What they're not willing to do is prepare to win. Mm. Yeah. You also, I like your 1840-60 rule that you mentioned. I've already quoted that around town for the past week since I got your book, The Success Principles. Tell the, tell the folks about your 1840-60 rule. <laughs> well, basically, I'm not remembering it perfectly. You probably have it sitting right in front of you. But basically, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a brain scientist, uh, said that, you know, when you're 18, you think that... Uh, you know, you're worried about what everyone else thinks of you, 
And uh, by the time you're 60, you realize nobody's thinking of you, and you just live your life the way you want. Yeah, you wrote, eight, you wrote 18, you worry about what everybody's thinking of you. When you're 40, you don't give a darn what anybody thinks of you. When you're 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you. There you go, there you go, exactly. And uh, we're so worried about other people's opinion. I, a friend of mine wrote a book called What You Think of Me is None of My Business. <laughs> and I, I just love that concept that <laughs> basically good. you have to follow your own heart and uh, follow your own bliss, you know, and go for your own dreams. And I, I teach that the main thing that we need to do is be in touch with our own life purpose. And people say, well, how do I know what my purpose is? And I say, follow your joy, because your joy yeah. is your internal guidance system that tells you whether or not you're on track or not. And when you follow your joy, then what happens is, even if you don't achieve everything you wanted to, you were happy throughout your entire life. Jack? I have a, yeah, I have a 28-year-old son who's a hip-hop singer, Really? And he's not making a lot of money. He lives out in San Francisco. He's done six uh, CDs that he self-published. He's a DJ around town. And uh, in our family, we have a joke which says, you know, what do you call a musician without a girlfriend? And the answer is homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. He's, he's totally happy. He's totally happy, right? Now, let me ask about happiness. Jack, how many copies have the Chicken Soup for the Soul series that you co-wrote sold? Uh, Mark and I have sold over 83 million books to date. Okay. There's about 82, 82 books in the series. Okay, so you've grossed worldwide, 39 wow. languages. Wow! So you've grossed over a billion dollars. Let me. You don't have to be doing what you're doing now. You're you live in um, Santa, uh, not Santa Barbara, but uh, Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah, you do I live do. in Santa Barbara. Okay, uh -huh. um, that's one when I mentioned Oceanside. You kind of struck. I'm thinking of uh, San Diego, where my grandmother lived. You right. live in Santa Barbara. I've done shows from the Ellen Conto, by the way. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful place. I love your town. Anyway, well, thank you. Uh, make chili rellenos, man. So good those Mexican restaurants. Uh. But anyway. Well, you know, when we moved to Santa Barbara, it was so beautiful. We were looking out our bedroom from our new house, and we are looking up at the mountains, and I said to my wife after a week, I said, you sure we don't have to check out by noon? Because I felt like we were in a resort hotel somewhere. Oh, it is beautiful. And the mission's up on the hill near the El Encanto. And, mm -hmm. Oh, man, I love that area. Um, but what I want to ask you, what did I want to ask you? Oh, so anyway, uh, 83 million copies at $10 each. That's a billion dollars. So you're close to, wait a second, that's close to... What am I thinking? That's cool. You've done a couple of billion dollars worth of book sales. So you are well, loaded. You never have to work another day in your life. Why are you in Chicago to give a convention today? Well, basically, my, my life purpose is to inspire and empower people to live their highest vision. And so that's what I was brought here on earth to do. And when I'm doing that, I'm happy. If I sit at home and just play golf and I get bored, and my, my essence, what fulfills me, is to, uh, to, to teach. And so I wanted to reach people then give them the opportunity to have the level of success that I have. I mean, I live in a dream home, take dream vacations. I've got a wonderful wife and family. We have a, all the medical care we'd ever want to have, you know. And so educational opportunities are there. And, you know, I just think everyone has that ability. I grew up in West Virginia. My dad was abusive. My mother was an alcoholic. I did not uh, do all that well in school. And uh, I, we have the 48th worst educational system in the country. And yet I went on to create an incredible life. And I know if I can do it, anybody can do it. The word ordinary is ordinary. Extraordinary just means extraordinary. Just an ordinary person who did something extra. And my experience is that most people don't know what that extra is that they really need to do. They get caught in this trance of uh, resignation and just kind of acceptance of the way life is instead of realizing that they are a creator and can create life exactly the way they want it. Folks, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back. He's Jack Canfield, co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. 80-odd million books to his credit. They've made a couple of billion dollars, but he's still out there doing it. The title of this book, i got to tell you, and I ain't just flattering this guy, and I told him before we got on the air, 
we like this book so much, Claudia Faye got a copy, and now she's going to buy a copy to send up to her nephew up in Nashville. I want to tell you, it's called The Success Principles. You will love this book. This book will radically change your life. How to get from where you are to where you want to be. I'm Red Palmer. We will be right back. Jack Canfield on the line, co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. The Success Principles is the title of the book, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Now, if, if you're, you said your father was abusive and an alcoholic and you didn't have a good home life and mm-hmm. you, were, you were a C student, who gave you the love for teaching that you should become, you know, sell $2 billion worth of books, you could be basking in the sun sitting by your pool in Santa Barbara, but instead you were in chilly, cold Chicago today, I presume to do a convention. Who gave, you, right. who gave you this love of teaching, Jack Canfield? Well, actually, I think the people that believed in me first was a bunch of teachers at school. And uh, I think I had the natural ability to teach. I was kind of a patrol leader in the Boy Scouts. And when I went to school, uh, I spent a couple years in a military school. I became a captain in charge of a, a company, and I was a vice president of my fraternity in college. And I just had this natural ability. But teachers believed in me, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to give back. And uh, during the, um, well, it was about 1968, I got very involved in civil rights and realized if uh, African Americans were going to be successful, they needed education. So I spent a number of years teaching in the Chicago schools, and that's really when I started putting these success principles to work and started teaching kids that they could have dreams, how to use those dreams, how to make them uh, specific. You know, a dream without uh, measurability is not really a dream. So if you say, I want to lose weight, uh, that's not really a goal. If you say, I will weigh 125 pounds by June 15th, and you affirm that every day, then your unconscious begins to work on it. And I had kids coming out of the ghetto that never, never would have got out of there that are now you know, corporate leaders. Well, I like what Whippy Goldberg said. She says, I, I, you know, I may be from the ghetto, but the ghetto ain't me. That's a wonderful statement. <laughs> yeah. And here's another quote from your book. Here's another statistic showing that belief in yourself is more important than knowledge. And, you know, I've realized what you just said to me, Jack. There's a thread in all the rich and famous people I've interviewed or those who have accomplished things. Somebody somewhere believed in them. Anyway, and that's why I wrote that new song, I Believe in You. Uh, here's another statistic showing that belief in yourself is more important than knowledge, training, or schooling. 20% of America's millionaires never set foot in college. That's right. Even our vice president, uh, Dick Cheney, dropped out of school. Bill Gates, uh, Michael Dell. You know, we can go right down the list. The guy who started Oracle, you know, is a, a billionaire. And uh, it's, not, it's not your education that's critical. I mean, it's certainly important to know things. But you can learn stuff outside of school. I'll give you a good example. One of the guys I write about in the book is the name John Asaraf. He's a friend of mine who averages about $14 million a year income. And he lived in Toronto, Canada, and he was a street kid. He was a gang member. He was always getting in trouble. And one day, a friend of his helped him get a job in a Jewish community center. And his job was to take towels and ice water into the men in the sauna and the steam room. Well, these were all successful businessmen in the community. And he would sit in there with these guys, and he would talk to them, and they would talk to each other. And he started to realize they were just like him. They weren't super extraordinary. They were just normal people who had taken risks. And he said, I got an MBA in the sauna and the steam room. And basically, he went on to use that information, and he now reads about a book a week. He's teaching. He's written a book called The Street Kid's Guide to Having It All. And it, it's not about formal education. It's about the knowledge of the real world, and that can be gained by anybody, anytime, anywhere. 
building a success team. Now, when you, you know, Mark Victor Hansen, your partner in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, was belly up bankrupt 29 years ago, living in a Volkswagen. Chris, I don't know how that guy is six foot six. How did he ever sleep in a Volkswagen? I know, I know. <laughs> and you, and and you said you were a C student, and you had uh, you were you know there was abuse in your childhood. It wasn't a very good childhood. Why, why, when the two of you got together, was there an empowerment, and how are you passing that on in your new book, The Success Principles? Well, basically, when Mark and I got together, we were like the perfect team. Mark, as you know, is just, he's just this wonderfully energetic, enthusiastic guy who could talk about anything, and you just believe you could walk on water afterwards. And I'm this real detail-oriented, get-it-done guy, and together we just have this great relationship. You know, he's the balloon, I'm the string, and it creates this dynamic tension that allows this uh, relationship to work. And we literally live the principles we teach. Uh, give you an example. When we, one of the things is practice persistence, never give up. And when Mark and I took the first chicken soup for the soul book to New York, we were rejected by 22 publishers. Our agent gave us the book back. All the publishers said, no one reads short stories. That's a stupid title, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And there's no sex, there's no violence. Why would anyone buy this? There's no edge to it. It's not hip. And so we went to the American Booksellers Association convention and went from booth to booth to booth for three days, talking to over 400 publishers, saying, would you publish our book? Would you publish our book? Would you publish our book? And finally, a little publisher down in Deerfield Beach, Florida, Peter Vegzo, who you know, said, well, we'll publish it. And we said, great. We said, do we get an advance? He says, no, we no. don't do advances. Yep. And then he said, uh, we said, how many copies do you think we'll sell? He said, well, maybe 20,000. We said, well, we want to sell a million and a half in a year and a half. Now, I don't know if you've ever shared a dream you had, Rhett, with anyone that you really cared about and had them laugh out loud at you. Mm. But that's what Peter did. Oh, that hurts. But anyway, a year later, we sold 1.3 million, million copies how? using the principles in this book. And if someone gets this book and uses these principles, I guarantee whatever their goals are, they will start to achieve them. We've had companies that are, have salespeople that have doubled their income and at the same time doubled the amount of free time they have off. and They've done that in two years or less. We've had people that have read this book just in the last, the book's only been out three weeks, and I had an 80-year-old man call me and say, you know, I thought my life was over. I'm 80 years old. I read your book, and I realized I've got 10 to 15 years left, and I'm going to design my life for those 10 to 15 years to be the best years of my life. Jack Canfield, now go ahead. Tell the people, because now maybe it's a good thing to say. What did I, we were, before we went on air, you called in about five minutes early. What mm -hmm. did I say to you before we started this broadcast about how much I think about your book? Well, you said you loved it, and you said you thought it was a, a book that was going to be around for a long time, that I should fight for it and never give up. And, yep. uh, I want really... this. We get, we get so many books in here. Just like this, you have a, um, a, I don't know what chapter the heading is, but here you, you quote Stephen King. I want to say, look at this, Mel. Look at, look at how I've underlined this thing. I've only had this thing for a few days, and I haven't read it in its entirety. It's like 600 pages or whatever. But Stephen King said, listen to this, talent is cheaper than table salt. What separates the talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work. He was a janitor. Most people don't know that, do they, Jack? No, they don't. And then you know, he went on. He, he's, he is so prolific now. I think he's, he publishes under five different names because they said that we can only do so many Stephen King books a year. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's phenomenal. And, you know, about building momentum, you say when a Nassau rocket takes off from Cape Canaveral, it uses up a large portion of its total fuel just to overcome the gravitational pull of the Earth. Um, I, there's just chock full of stories like, uh, oh, I don't know what to ask you now. Oh, about delegating. That's an important subject you, you broach in this. Well, yeah, most people, if, if you look at most people, about 20% of what they do is what really produces the result in their life. 
And there's an old principle from an Italian uh, economist called Pareto, called the Pareto Principle. It says that you'll wear 20% of your clothes 80% of the time. 20% of the drivers create 80% of the accidents. But the important one is that 20% of your behaviors create 80% of your results. And most of us are doing 80% of our day is, is kind of useless and dysfunctional. It's not really getting anywhere. And so what I ask people to do is start to really look at your behavior. If you're a salesman, the only time you're really making money is when you're sitting in front of someone selling. Uh, Sammy Sosia, let's say he had 73 home runs in one year. Well, the reality is it only takes him 73 seconds to do that. And so the rest of the time he's just getting ready and waiting around and preparing. So what you have to do is find out what is your, your high payoff behavior. For me, it's writing and speaking and consulting and developing new products. If I'm sitting there doing a uh, consultation between my uh, receptionist and my office manager because they're not getting along, well, that's not at the best use of my time. Because I can go out today, and this is you know almost unbelievable, but I can make $30,000 a day speaking. Well, I can hire the best therapist in town to work with my staff for a couple hundred bucks. So everyone has those kinds of uh, issues in their life where, like, if you're making uh, 50 bucks an hour as a salesperson, you shouldn't be cutting your grass when you can hire someone for $10 an hour to do that. You should be out selling, letting a kid in the neighborhood cut your grass. So we have to learn to delegate and uh, have more time to focus on that, which is really important. What about that uh, successful realty guy up in Toronto, that story where he, he came from a foreign land and had nothing and they laughed at him when he took over the um, Remax? Remember that one, that story in here? Um, you got so many. Of them. I know it's probably hard for you to remember them all, right? Well, no, that's I, that. Actually, I talked about that guy a little bit. His name was John Asaraf, and yeah. uh, he came down from Canada to Indiana, and he was trying to uh, create oh, a Indiana. Remax franchise. Yep. And when people were, I mean, he was basically saying, "I want you to leave your current company and come work for me." And these were people making good money in real estate. And then he said, "If you come work for me, you get to keep more of your commissions." And they were going, "Yeah, but I'm doing really well now, and I never even heard of Remax." Well, eventually, he did that every day for about 14 hours a day when everyone else was out in the bar having a drink after work. He was sitting there preparing his pitch, getting ready to talk to someone else, taking him out to dinner. And after five years, he was making about $14 million a year. And so you just have to kind of hang in there. And, and even the even better story is the guy who started Remax. His name is Dave Lindiger, and I interviewed him. He's worth $750 million. And when he started out, with the Remax concept, which was real estate maximus, which is maximum uh, commissions, everyone said, we're not, we're not going to come over and work for you. It's ridiculous. And the only people who worked for him at that time was women and African Americans who couldn't get jobs in the prestigious real estate agencies. Well, after three years, they were making so much money, everyone else started to move over. And now he has 92,000 real estate agencies. Wow. 92,000. Wow. wow. Well, I want to tell you, the Success Principles is the title of your new book, Jack Canfield, uh, co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. I totally endorse this book. I like your quote from Malcolm S. Forbes in it, the biggest mistake people make in life is not trying to make a living at doing what they most enjoy. I'm glad one of the good, good guys is succeeding, and you are one of the good guys, Jack Canfield. Keep investing in other lives. We love you, Jack Canfield. Well, thank you, Red Palmer. I appreciate it. Take uh, care, buddy. All right. Onward and upward to the higher calling. Jack Canfield, The Success Principles. I totally recommend this book. I get a lot of books, folks. This book has influenced Rep's life, and it'll influence your life in a very positive way. The Success Principles, how to get from where you are to where you want to be.